I'm going to go with JFK now, too. Um, okay. Yeah. Kevin Costner. Yeah. And that adds another one to my list that was... We'll get, I'll get to that one in a second. Kevin Costner is America. Fuck it. He's, a, he's fucking America. <laughs> Kevin in, Costner embodied. is America. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. advise that the Literate Ape cast is recorded for adults with adult themes and language. If you are easily offended, best to cover your ears. But then why listen to a podcast, dumbass? It's the Ape cast with guest Harrison Himmel. It's bring your child to work day. There you go. Can you say hi, Harry? He desperately wants to touch that microphone. Say hi. Okay, whatever. Anyway, he'll, he'll, I'm sure he'll break in at some point. He's, he's, waving. Just, he's just waving to you, right? <laughs> it's great. It's great. Um, all right, so you sent me a couple of things, but I uh, feel I just, like I, I really want to talk about, I, you know, this, this it's, it's uh, two days, three days after the 4th of July, whatever day it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it feels, I just feel so American. You know, it's always nice when the 4th of July falls on the weekend because it just, you get like a, an extended 4th of July patriotism, red, white, and blue blood coursing through your veins. I, I um, don't get that. I don't oh, get that. Oh, God, I love America so much. I just, I, I mean, don't it, want this weekend to end. The thing is, I like America and I like being American, but I don't feel like this great need to sell. For quite frankly, I, I don't feel any need to celebrate being American any more than I do. <laughs> A need to celebrate being a white straight dude. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like I am this thing. Yeah, I was born into it. I, it's not like it's not. That's the you thing, didn't do like, anything. You didn't fight for the freedoms. Yeah, you haven't. I, you're not a politician. You didn't change. You're not a legislator. You didn't do a goddamn thing. Yeah, I didn't do a goddamn thing. I was just born into <laughs> this shit. You've done nothing for this country, I've, Donald. I've done. I have done. I've not joined the military. Nope. Um, I've done fucking nothing. And it's interesting to me that uh, that I look at like. Uh, Somebody like Nestor Gomez is far more American than I am. And the reason I say that he's far more American than I am is that he came here as a child and wants to be American. Right. I just was born into it. Who gives a shit? I, it's like, I'm, I'm happy that I'm American because to be, I don't know, Sri Lankan would suck. But, you know, I mean... Yeah. I kind of I kind of dig being American, but it's not like I feel a necessity to go look. I'm American, and look at me celebrate my pride in it. It's, ah, well, it's on. it's funny that Katie and I were talking about this the other day. She was like, you know, when I was a kid, the Fourth of July was my second favorite holiday, right behind Thanksgiving. And I said, do you think that it's? She's like, but I don't, I don't give a shit now because like we're trying to plan our weekend and like what we were gonna do. And I said, you know, do you care about fireworks? She's like, not, not really. I, I don't. I don't care. And I said, do you think that it's because you're an adult and you have knowledge now of... She goes, yeah, probably. Like, when I was a kid, I romanticized it. I, I was the same way. Like, yeah, I think that's it. Like, you're a kid, you decorate your bike, you, you do the little town parade, you go see fireworks with your family, you get to eat cotton candy. Like, there's all this special treat yeah, shit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun day for the family. Generally, you get the day off. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get the day off. I had to work the casino. I work, yeah. Well, because casinos I, are... 24 hours a day and uh i think the only days we get that they that the casinos actually shut down i think it's like christmas day new year's day and something else you know they don't shut down oh well we don't have to work we don't have to work those days oh that's nice maybe yours does i don't know i don't don't know yeah it's like but uh definitely fourth of july i had to work and it's like that was fine the thing about it is that's what i told data the only thing that the only times that I can look at Fourth of July and go, that was really cool, was there for a couple of years. I'm going to say probably about eight years in a row. Hey, Harry. Um, about eight years in a row, we would drive to Kansas, and we'd buy like $2,000 in fucking fireworks, and we'd go out to my mom <laughs> to the lake where my mom lives, yeah. and my mom and dad live, and we would shoot off fireworks. And at first, it was just us. And over the course of like eight years, it became... Half the town of Marion, Kansas, right. would would come to watch us shoot the fireworks, and that was always fun. You know, I, you know, my nephew and I would do bottle rocket or not bottle rocket wars, but Roman candles wars, where you know we'd stand across the field and shoot them at each other, <laughs> that kind of shit. Yeah. But 
Yeah, that was that, that was that was Fourth of July, and then like last Fourth of July, I was at uh, Millennium Park, and that was kind of a huge thing because it was you know a huge giant citywide celebration yeah. that I got to be a part of. Although I can't say I enjoyed it as a an event because I was working. You were working. I was ba- right. I was basically making sure old people stay hydrated and didn't like fall and die somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and so but that could uh, be kind of its own fun too. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like it was bad, but in terms of a holiday, it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah I, Dana, um, Dana and Kelly went over to Eric's, and they had enchiladas and watched movies. Oh, that's fun. Did they, yeah. watch, did they watch patriotic movies? They did were the, not. Were the they movies watched, on theme? No. They watched comedy movies. So, I mean, that could be a patriotic movie, like uh, Man of the Year. Well, okay, see, the thing or is... Or Saving Private Ryan, hilarious one the, film. One of the topics that you wanted to talk about was, like, uh, best patriotic films. Yeah, I was, I, trying to get it, I was trying to get into that naturally. Yeah, I know, but you mentioned that <laughs> as best patriotic films, and Dana's... Yeah. Dana, when she heard the topic and heard my my picks, she laughed and she said, well, mine are... And this is this says a lot about Dana German, our producer. Um, her two fa- favorite patriotic movies are Wet... Hot American Summer, and The Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> Manchurian Candidate, okay, I get that. Wet Hot American Summer isn't really patriotic, though. She feels like that's, you know, very patriotic. If, and... it, ma- if it makes you feel like America, <laughs> summertime in America, sure. Yeah, okay. yeah. so it's like, it's like right. dirty 80s camp yeah. and communist brainwashing. I mean, right. yes, there you go. That's America to her. That's it what makes totally her feel patriotic is. is those things, so... I think my my favorite patriotic movie, Born on the Fourth of July, is a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if it's a lot of fun, but it's, <laughs> it's you know I get I get well, your point. Well, it's fun for me because when I when I first saw it, I was in sixth grade, and he, there's that scene where he's he's after he's uh, spoilers by the way for if you haven't seen thirty year old movie, <laughs> yeah, fuck off with your spoilers, dude. Um, by the way, in Casablanca, he doesn't get the girl. Okay, now that we're, Jesus, <laughs> that's out of the way. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I know. Um, but like you know, he, after he's like paralyzed from the waist down, and he's got the you know he's got the he pulls he's got all the cords in his in yeah, his penis yeah. so he can pee and everything, and he's at the dinner table or whatever, and he starts talking about his dick, and they're like, "Don't say that word." He goes, "My penis, my fucking erect penis." And as he's doing it, he's like pulling out yeah the, the catheter, the catheter, and, and yeah. it just like it's it's a very poignant moment. And you hear in but the back you, of your mind when you're 11 and 12 God years bless old. America, <laughs> land that I love. When, pull, when you're 11 pull, and 12 pull. years old, for me, like that's really funny. Is screaming my fucking erect penis while pulling whatever those things were out of his pants at a dinner table. That's really funny and strange. Okay. I, at the time, I was also really into comic books, and I was reading a lot of really gory Vietnam. Comics okay. at yeah. the time, it's like gra- so your sense graphic of patriotism novels. is your sense of patriotism is <laughs> very completely dark. fucked. <laughs> very yeah. dark. See, I have a much more my like I, I I like I was thinking about the patriotic films thing, and like my first pick is a film that no one, no one, I mean literally, no one but my mother and I liked. Yeah, and that is the Postman. You know, I tried really, really hard, really hard to like that movie, and I just—it's not a—it's not as bad as everyone says it is. I love it. Start I just to couldn't get into it, so I didn't I finish loved it. it. I loved it start to finish, and my fo- favorite moment, like what made me feel because if you haven't seen the Postman, I, I just love the conceit: is that the world has kind of gone to shit and said "fuck off, all you guys." For about three years, it's just post-apocalyptic, and all of society, all postman of apocalyptic. Postman. See what I but, did there? You know, but basically, the concept is that the United States becomes, you know, basically from decimation <laughs> and destruction, and pockets of people living all over in like. <coughs> these weird little places uh, you know, in Oregon and shit and like communes is that the thing that really unites them is the postal service. Yeah. And there's something, and there's that moment where, and I cry every time I watch this movie and I've seen this movie a number of times. Do you need water? Are you all right? Pause. There's just no, whole, don't yeah, pause. Just, on. just keep, just drink some fucking water. I was choking on water. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. 
Suddenly, I All have right. this image. I have this image of you and Harry, and it's the it's the orange scene um, in Godfather Part Two, where <laughs> where, where, where he puts the orange like, ah, ah, and the baby's running, around, and then you yeah. collapse, and the baby has yeah, and that's the laugh. The laugh no is yeah. you're dead, and he's running around you doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, but the moment that's what Katie would need is like she comes home and I'm I'm dead on the floor. With with orange like an orange with an orange face. slice in my mouth yeah yeah, <laughs> um, but in the in the postman the moment where uh, you know the kid goes out and he knows the postman's coming he's got a mm-hmm. letter yeah. and he dr- and he rides his horse past him and there's that moment where he turns I'm gonna cry just talking about it holy shit I'm Jesus. welling up really it really yeah I will have to I will have to watch it uh, in a different light now. Yeah, but it, you know, but when he gets, he comes by and he gets the letter, and it does. It just wells me up. I just think it's just very patriotic, and it makes me feel very good about humanity and very good about the concept of democracy in the country. And so, yeah, The Postman is one of my very favorite patriotic films. You know, that made me think of because that's Kevin Costner. That made me. Yeah. It's. I think that like The Postman and Waterworld are two movies that, where he tried to recapture the Dances with Wolves, Lightning in a yeah. Bottle. Yeah. They just have that feel. And it, as you were talking about this, it made me think that Dances with Wolves is kind of a good patriotic movie for me. It wasn't on my list originally, but, um, you know, it's... The Civil War was terrible. Um, what we did to the, to the Native Americans or the indigenous people of the Americas uh, was terrible. But, like, he... It shows what the white men could have been if, yeah. they, if the white men had all been... Kevin Costner's character in Dances with Wolves. If yeah, they had all yeah. been Dances with Wolves, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess I would put that on my list now. That's an ad- a right. new addition. All right. Um, my my second one is uh, All the President's Men. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, in terms of like just mm-hmm. being American and the power of true journalism and true journalists and that tale, it's intrigue. It's a great movie. I mean, it's a great movie aside from that. Yeah. But watching how the fourth estate... the, the Real journalists put themselves on the line to really expose truth to power. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It, it makes me feel good to be an American to watch that and know that that's our potential. I, I think we've fallen very, very short of that with our media mm-hmm. now. But there was a time, and and not that long within my lifetime, when. Americans who were journalists really stepped it up and really made a case and really put themselves on the line. And I think that's something uh, I, I, very patriotic, very American. And I yeah. really, really, I really uh, appreciate that movie a lot. That was, that one was also on my list. So oh, there you go. Yep. So yeah, All we're on the same page. Yep. yep. Um, but then going to the next, because I... Don't have anything to add to that because you you hit it all. Um, but yeah, that w- that was on my list. Uh, that because that yeah that makes me feel like a good American, like taking down when bad America happens. Good America can swoop in and do the American thing, journalism, um, freedom of the press. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I'm gonna go with JFK now too. Um, okay. Yeah. Kevin Costner. Yeah. And that adds another one to my list that was. We'll get, I'll get to that one in a second. Kevin Costner is America. Fuck it. He's, a, he's fucking America. <laughs> Kevin in, Costner embodied. is America. But someday, somewhere, someone may find out the damn truth. We better. We better or we might just as well build ourselves another government. Like the Declaration of Independence says to when the old one ain't working. Just, just a little farther out west. The American naturalist wrote... Patriot must always be ready to defend his country against its government. I'd hate to be in your shoes today. You have a lot to think about. You've seen much hidden evidence the American public has never seen. You know, going back to when we were children, I think that most of us in this courtroom thought that justice came into being automatically, that virtue was its own reward, that, that good would triumph over evil. But as we get older, we know this just isn't true. Individual human beings have to create justice, and this is not easy. Because the truth often poses a threat to power, and one often has to fight power at great risk to themselves. People like S.M. Holland, 
Lee Bowers, Gene Hill, Willie O'Keefe, have all taken that risk. They've all come forward. I have here some $8,000 in these letters sent, sent to my office from all over the country. Quarters, dimes, dollar bills from housewives, plumbers, car salesmen, teachers, invalids. These are people who cannot afford to send money, but do. These are the ones who drive the cabs, who nurse in the hospitals, who see their kids go to Vietnam. Why? Because they care. Because they want to know the truth. Because they want the country back. Because it still belongs to us. As long as the people have the guts to fight for what they believe in. And now I'm thinking of like every Kevin Costner movie and I'm like, yeah, totally. Like Fandango. from Love of the Game. Yeah, uh, Love of the Game, Tin Cup. Right. <laughs> uh, just... What was that? Swing Vote? Swing Vote? You remember Swing Vote? I don't remember Swing Vote. That no. was basically he's like this turd, and 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 they've got he's a presidential. Turd? Well, he's just like a regular, like you know, he doesn't really have any ambitions. He's just sort of like a guy okay. in New Mexico, and they have this national election, and it it, it comes down to an exact even vote, popular vote, where it's exactly even, and he's the only vote. He, whoever he votes for wins. He's the one swing vote. Oh, and it's wow, just okay. about, and it's just, it's not a great movie, but it's fun. I, like I said, I love Kevin Costner. It's very American. I can't say that I've been much of anything most of my life. It's sort of like somewhere along the way I, I checked out and it's not like I had big dreams to begin with, but I had, I had something once, something close to faith or hope or whatever, whatever word you want to use for how good life could be. But then the years, they start moving quicker, and all of a sudden, what's going good out there for everybody else isn't going so good for you. But tonight, I feel um, embarrassed. I've had my chances more than most. I've grown up in a country where if I decided to do more with my life than just drift and drink, that I could be standing where, where maybe you stand tonight. Instead, I've taken freely and I've given nothing. I'm ashamed in front of my daughter and my country. I've never served or sacrificed. The only heavy lifting I have ever been asked is simple stuff like, you know, um, pay attention vote if America has a well if America has a true enemy tonight I guess it's me tonight a below average man's gonna choose between two exceptional men tomorrow one man's vote's gonna make a difference cause tomorrow we're gonna have a president and not just someone to fill a chair in Washington we need someone who's bigger than their speeches. The kind of president we learned about in school and we still cared. America needs a big thinker. You know, like a giant, really. Someone that has a good sense to get in front of our problems. Somebody has the wisdom to lead us to a place where we're at peace with ourselves and the world. He was in 13 days. He was, I was just thinking of 13 days. <laughs> Oh Kevin my God, Kevin Costner is, is America. America. <laughs> Bull That's, Durham? Bull right? Durham and, and that speech that he gives to her about what he believes in? Yeah. Well, I believe in the soul. The cock, the pussy, the small of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fiber, good scotch, but the novels of Susan Sontag are self-indulgent, overrated crap. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe in the sweet spot, softcore pornography, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve, and I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last three days. Good night. Good night. I mean, he is he. Well, Kevin Costner's fucking America. That's so, nuts. I was gonna. I was gonna, look at what we stumbled upon. This. Yeah. I, like, my mind is kind of blown right now. But I was gonna say JFK because it makes you again. Like it's, it's truth to power. Um, it's 
and, that, and then that leads into the other topic I want to discuss. But we can get to that in a second. But as we're talking about this, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Might be... How did I not think of this before? Oh, my God. I mean, Kevin Costner, baseball, middle America, Iowa. He travels all over the United States to get, like... He gets J.D. Get, Salinger. I mean, that's the... Well, the J.D. Salinger, it, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name. Terrence. Ray. Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann, um, yeah. Uh, he's James Earl Jones. Ray yeah. Kinsella. Yeah, Ray uh, Kinsella. But yeah, it's all about like finding your, your and, and fatherhood and, and you know, your, the father-son relationship. Uh, it's very Americana. And, yeah. you know, watching that, of course, makes me want to be a, want to be a better dad, want to hug my dad more, want to play catch. With my yeah. dad and with my, my by the way, Harry, you suck at catch. I just like yeah, we, need just, to get, uh, we need to work on that. He's too he's too focused on his sloth toy and his uh, whoopee or whatever. It's the sloth, thing in his mouth. Pacifier. Sloth is not slothy is not a toy. Slothy is his best friend. Yeah, okay, I got it. Um, that's slothy identifies as his best friend. So fuck you for calling him a yeah, toy. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. All right, you know I've used the wrong pronoun. Yeah, watch it, buddy. <laughs> we're, we're raising a feminist in this house a fifth, yes, right. a fifth wave feminine I don't know, whatever 18th um, wave But yeah, 18th wave But yeah, dude, ca- Kevin Costner is America So any movie with Kevin Costner is is a patriotic movie I guess. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Costner So JFK, JFK um, Well, yeah, I mean, so that, that leads me into the I think the other question I asked you was What is your, what is your oh. favorite but I got before we get oh, to the scandal, okay. I got yeah. I got one more, and that's I because I thought about Field of Dreams. I wasn't yeah. on the Kevin Costner is America trip right. at that right. point, um, but thinking about like movies that make me feel like I'm an American and I'm proud of it, because I think that's ultimately what I mean. What is, was it Shaw that said uh, that that patriotism is the emotion of the vicious? You know, or in somebody JFK? said that. No, just in general, that was a oh, quote. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, George Bernard Shaw or somebody. Oh, George Bernard Shaw. Yeah, I thought you yeah, Clay said, Shaw, a character from yeah, No, no, no. <laughs> Kennedy's Like stuff, the yeah. playwright. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that patriotism is the, I think that's who it was. I could be yeah. wrong. Anyway, um, but I don't, I don't see it. I, I don't see good, like there's good patriotism and there's bad patriotism. And I think yeah. good patriotism, pride in your country, pride in what it means to be an American. The movie that really put a beat on it is, is The Natural. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, the natural is because as much as I love feel, and I, I was, I was like, it's got to be, a, there's got to be a baseball movie, and I uh-huh. don't really watch baseball, but there's something about the mythos of baseball that yeah. is, it's well, it's what uh, uh, Terrence Mann, the character Terrence mm-hmm. Mann, talks about baseball. It's baseball, Ray. It's, it's baseball, always been baseball. Yeah, yeah, you know, Ray. People will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa. For reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door, as innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say. It's only $20 per person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it. Where it is money they have, and peace they like. Ray, just sign the papers. And they'll walk out to the bleachers, sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines. Where they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they'll watch the game. And it'll be as if they'd dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick have to brush them away from their faces. Ray, when the bank opens in the morning, they'll foreclose. People will come, Ray. You're broke, Ray. You sell now or you lose everything. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball mark the time this field this game it's a part of our past Ray it reminds us of all that once was good and it could be again oh 
people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. So there's something about that, but the natural is just such a pure story about, yeah. and, it, and it takes place, and maybe it's because it takes place in the 40s, whatever. Um, there's just something about the natural that I think is a, a wonderful patriotic movie. And it's got a scandal in it as well, you know, because yeah. he was shot and he got a bullet in him and the, the Barbara Hershey, the Lady in Black, all that kind of shit. So, yeah, that, yeah, that's, but JFK is definitely a scandal. I think uh, All the President's Men has scandal attached to it. Uh-huh. I mean, it's about Watergate. So, yeah, the, it, it, it's like talking about America, you got to talk about the things, the, the things in, in actual American history that are, scandalous and awful and make us, you know, that they expose our hypocrisy. And that change us a bit too. Uh, what other quick movie was um, Gina Davis, the women playing baseball because the men are at war. A League, a League of League Their of Own. Their Own. God. Yeah. So that's a good one too. But, but yeah, see, that's a great movie and I get a side story. It's like when I met Tom Hanks for when he did Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, guest hosted. Uh, one of the funny things was, you know, we hung around with him for a week, right? Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't fanboy at all. I just did my job and was nice. He was very, very nice to me. But then at the actual show, they couldn't bring him into the main entrance because so many people, you know, would mob him. Right. So we had we had to get him through the you know the garage and the chase bank. So I orchestrated all that with his bodyguard, you know. And so we got him. We drove him in. And I guess well after the show, I watched him do the show, and I yeah. and I and as we're walking, I'm walking him back through the labyrinth underneath in the parking garage at Chase Bank, I said, you know, I'm sure you hear this a lot that, that people are trying to figure out who you are, which character you're the most like that you've played. You've played so many characters. But I said, I know exactly who you are. It's Forrest As Gump. a person. No, and he said, he said, oh yeah, you got a beat on me? I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, actually. I said, you are the character you played in the League of Your Own. That's who you are as a person. And he started laughing Hmm. I mean, he did. He just that that woody guffaw laugh, yeah. and he went, "You got it." I said, "That's who you are. You're a little frustrated with people. You're filthy. You're got a heart of gold, but damn it, you're going to be gruff. That's exactly who you are as a human being." And he laughed. He thought that was so funny because he was like, "You're the only person that actually got that." And I was like, "That that was my moment." That's with Tom really Hanks. funny. That's my really moment. funny. That was a great moment. Forrest Gump is another good patriotic movie. Yeah, in its way, sure, sure. You I know, mean, if that's, you're retarded. You know, America's if you're retarded, affected. it makes you feel proud of being retarded. Well, America's affected by haphazard, dumb fucking luck, and right. and simplicity. There's some of the sometimes. All right, you know, sure. You know, I have you know, a nice day. You know, I have I mean, that back whole... <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do a Forrest Gump. I just can't do it. It's as um, bad as my Harry Carey impersonation. So, oh, let's hear your Harry Carey impersonation. It's really bad. It, it's really, really bad. <laughs> hey, uh, ah, you're she, she's a she's fourteen years old and she's on a farm and she's wearing a sock top. <laughs> I I don't know. That's not bad. All right, that's <laughs> not you. that bad. <laughs> that's really not that bad. Um, I think it's better than Will Ferrell's uh, Harry Carey right, impersonation. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, he just shakes his face a whole lot, and that's what makes it work. If I was a hot dog, I would eat myself. Yeah, I mean that was yeah, that was like yeah, his. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So, so we. It's one of the, the another thing is like so we're looking at the good that this is the feel good of Americana. Yeah, and we've got that in the films. Uh, one of the topics we wanted to talk about was our favorite American scandals. Yeah, uh, and I have a feeling. I have a feeling. I picked mine. Based on a feeling I have of how you're going to choose, so let's see if I was right. Okay. Uh, my f- favorite scandal is it's the assassination of John Kennedy. So that's I don't know a if, that's, if that's scandal no, that well, as much as it is a. The thing about it is it's a scandal. Is is it? It's it's a it's a uh, what a conspiracy. It it's something that's lasted. You know, it's a big. It's like here's this thing we expected as Americans, and it. It exposed so much. It graft opened the and doors. Horrors. Yeah, the Kennedy's assassination changed everything. Oh it yeah, it changed the way that we trust our government and began to trust. Like, I mean, Watergate like blew the doors open. Yeah, out. but like 
Kennedy's assassination opened the doors on trusting the government. It allowed Vietnam to ramp up the way it, it ramped up. I don't think we would have had the music that we oh, had today if Kennedy hadn't died. Uh, I mean, you got to remember, Kennedy was shot before the Beatles came here. Yeah. So oh, yeah, he didn't yeah. know the Beatles. There's a good yeah, chance he never, he heard, never the heard the Beatles. Never heard the Beatles, but he did bang Marilyn Monroe. Right. Um, so, you know, you got to give him some pop culture cred there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he gets a lot of pop culture credit. But there's uh, so many things were affected by that one moment. It changed. You know, we wouldn't have had the... I don't think civil rights would have been as as bloody if if he had died. I think the thing is, died. my guess, my guess is, it, it would have been as bloody, but but the Civil Rights Act would have been would would have had more teeth. I mean, okay. the thing about the Civil Rights Act that that, that I've, I've always criticized the same thing with Reconstruction. The North won the Civil War. They put in Reconstruction, and then instead of actually enforcing it because they were fucking tired of fighting a goddamn war, they let the fucking Southern rebels run Reconstruction, which then, of course, they created Jim Crow and everything else because they didn't want blacks to have rights anyway. Same thing with the Civil Rights Act. The Civil Rights Act came out, and then they let the same people that were opposed to the Civil Rights Act sort of like be in charge of housing and be in charge, you know, they, they didn't they didn't replace the people, so the people fucked over the laws. I, I think if JFK had been there, he, he probably would have put a stop to that, or at least somewhat. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I do think that Bobby's assassination hiccuped a lot of things. I think that Bobby would have gone down as the greatest president this country ever had. I think Better than his brother... Bad. Well, and I think if JFK hadn't been shot, then RFK wouldn't have been shot, then Martin Luther King wouldn't have been shot. I mean, I think if they, the thing is, once they killed the president, yeah. it became obvious that they could fucking kill anybody, anybody. they wanted to, whoever it was that did yeah. it. And so yep. they did. Yeah. 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 And that's, I mean, you could say that like the Civil War was, uh, you know, I mean, there's so many big, big turning points in American yeah. history. But I'm just looking at like what has affected... I guess my life most, even I was not born and my dad was 13, you know, like it was not even a glimmer. Um, But I think that the things that affect me most directly could correlate right back to that moment. All right. I think I did peg you um, because you're talking about the American scandals that, that that, like impacted the world the most. I went with my favorite American scandals. You're going to say Jesse Smollett. I know it. I know it. My first one is Quiz Show. Charles Van Doren Ooh. cheating on yeah. 21. That was a huge scandal. I mean, it was, yeah. and that's the thing is, but what it is, is nothing is more American, in my opinion, than television. And more specifically, nothing indemnifies, or, or not indemnifies, nothing uh, sort of like paints a real picture of the 50s mm-hmm. more than quiz shows like tv game shows because because you got there's there's the anti-communism going on and who they would let on and you know there was a whole thing about that when they were picking contestants it's what millions of americans got to see on a regular basis and we're and he was a rich white educated cheat yeah and that was a huge i think that scandal i love it and i love the movie made out of so i remember going to see the movie um i was I think I was too young for it when I saw it in the theaters with my parents. And I remember thinking, why do they take me to see this? This is so slow and boring. And why the fuck do I care? Oh, I loved it. But I'm older now and I'm like, no, this movie's yeah. fucking great. I love it. It's a brilliant I movie. I think I was yeah. just like, as a kid, I was like, where's Arnold Schwarzenegger? Like, yeah, there you go. You, know? yeah, you, wanted, the, you wanted to blow him up. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. Like, what are like the little actual, like, just... The scandals that like America lost its shit over. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's and that's kind of that's where I went. I thought you'd go more political. I went. Uh, I'm not going to do yeah. any political. I'm going to do cultural. Well, but now I want to dive into those other American, those other little cultural scandals that people lost their shit over. Well, um, see, I'm, the, my second one is the <clears throat> McMartin preschool trial in 1983. You remember that? I or do remember. Not. Ever, okay, basically, it was at the height in the 80s where. There was this fear of Satanism and fear of pedophilia that they had not addressed. Mm -hmm. And this family, this McMartin family, had a preschool. And one kid said, he touched me wrong. And another kid said, maybe they touched me on the dolly wrong. And then the the investigators were were leading these children, children to accuse 
specifically the son who was there, McMartin, that he was doing it. And then, and what happened, this is what I think makes it a, a, a fabulous American scandal is it, it could have just been, and, and, and just so you know, everything that was, they were accused of has been proven false. They didn't mm-hmm. do any, they were just people running a fucking daycare center. That's it. Huh. They did none of this stuff, but it started with inappropriate touching where it, it's and it and it did. It's like the ball that just rolls with more snow on it, and more snow on it. It like a became, snowball. It became yes. It became um, that these people were running a satanic cult, <laughs> and were like, yeah, and like having wow. satanic rituals with these kids. It got so ridiculous. It destroyed lives. Sure, it was huge. It was as big as the uh, what's the John Benet Ramsey? It, I mean, it was that big. It was that's this what huge, I was thinking of next. <laughs> it was this huge thing that started off like as a pretty simple whodunit kind of thing, and then just became because of media, because they didn't know how to deal with this shit. It became this national craze, this scandal of where people talked about it for weeks and weeks on end, yeah. and destroyed and destroyed lives, the reporters' lives, and destroyed. You know, and so that's the McMartin preschool trial uh, in uh, 1983 is one of my favorite American scandals because it really says, in a way, this is who Americans have become. Yeah. And I think if you look at Americans then and see, see, you can see a direct line to Donald Trump. Oh, sure. A direct line yeah. to that kind of reaction to the media to this. <laughs> yeah. The JonBenet Ramsey scandal is a really interesting one because when that happened, that was what, 94? Five, something like that. Yeah, something. I, I mean, I was like old enough to recognize it and like read about it, but young enough to not like really like eh, whatever. Fucking yeah. dead Barbie doll thing in the basement, whatever. Um, <laughs> but what's fascinating to me about that, like, I became more fascinated long after it went cold because it was like an old onion that you find. B- like you're cleaning out the fridge, like oh my god, I forgot I had this onion. How old is this thing? Twenty years? Yeah. Oh my god! And you start peeling it back, and it's like oh, dad killed her, or no, the brother killed her. Who? And, yeah. And then like the dad dies, and then like the mom dies like six months later. Like it's just, it was just it's this just weird fucked up, yeah. This weird, well, and I don't know that we know who actually did it, but I think that all I think mom, dad, and the brother were. Somehow, well, I mean, you know, there's an, there's enough. There's so many documentaries on the Jean Benet Ramsey thing. It's unbelievable. Another scandal, because now you've got me thinking about the '80s and the scandals that I that I mean, again, scandals that the whole country seemed to mm-hmm. just. I mean, O.J. Simpson trials, obviously, you know, right. that's that's a cultural. But the Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, I've, yep, you know, I mean, that whole that they were stealing and that they were, you know, and that that they were just mm-hmm. this, they were these religion. And I think it said a lot about our reliance on the belief in religion. And it also, just like Watergate, really said we can't trust our government. That was an opportunity saying, yeah, we can't trust religion anymore either. Uh, I was gonna go with. I was. I was thinking. I mean, obviously the. Clinton Lewinsky scandal. I mean, you know, I mean whatever, that's a big scandal, and 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 it, you know, <sighs> that one just. I mean, it's interesting, but it's kind of like ugh, enough. Just because I'm tired of talking about the Clintons is yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. You know, um, but the late night wars when Carson oh. retired, and and and, and, and Leno, David oh. Letterman was the heir apparent. Yeah, and Carson even said like, you know, this is He's the guy. Get it. And what happened with Len? Like that. That's I a think scandal. Is, that is a scandal, and that is a That's fun a... and interesting, and fuck Jay Leno. He yeah. was never funny. No. Not before, not during, sure not shit, after. not after. And then the motherfucker did it again Yep. with Conan O'Brien. Yes, he did. Same like, exact thing. Let's not thing. forget that Co- Jay retired, Conan took the spot. Jay's like, no, I want to come back. They booted Conan off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? fuck is wrong with this guy he's a monster yeah he's an american he is a true american yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh fuck jay leno and his denim canadian tuxedo and all of his stupid cars and and motorcycles yeah he fucks sucks and yes i did God. yes my third one yes jesse smollett yes are you serious yes it is actually <laughs> and it is one of my favorite american scandals because it's not done yet but i love it that I mean, it, you know, it's like the kid, the, the MAGA hat kid staring down the Indian guy in his face. Uh, I yeah. mean, it's one of those things that takes over. The problem with, and I, maybe this is, uh, you know, 
it's either a plus or minus. I, I haven't really thought about it long enough to be able to <laughs> parse out. But the thing about like like Jesse Smollett, if that had happened in the eighties, we'd have been talking about that shit for months and months and months and documentaries made about it. That's what I miss about the eighties. Oh because yeah. Because the internet the internet has made us so ADD. We're so short attention that we can't really dive into massive conspiracies for months at a time, you know? And like I said, I remember specifically the McMartin preschool trial thing that seemed to go on for like a year of my life where there were reports every day about this thing. And it was just, it overtook everything. It was just sort of like this, it was like my, my junior year in high school, all people talked about, other than like, oh, I got my algebra class and all that bullshit, was this fucking satanic shit, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like, that's nuts. Yeah, that's Harry. That's Harry just letting us know he's there. Yeah, he's 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 banging on the. Uh, he's whacking the gate. Just whacking yeah. away. Yeah, that's what we do. And it's just us boys at home. We just we just whack around. We just we whack, whack around. We whack that's whack it. away. Yeah, but that's the thing is, I think the Jesse Smollett thing could have been a great American scandal. But it only lasted for about two weeks, and then uh, now once in a while people talk about it. But the thing is, it's, that could have been it's a still great American scandal. In. Like, yeah, but it could be a great American scandal where people talk about it every single day for months yeah. and months and months. We just don't have those anymore. It's not as much fun. Right, yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I'm kind of glad because the, the Smollett thing just pissed me off. Like, most of these other scandals, they, they're just kind of fun to watch unfold because it's people being really stupid. And Smollett was extremely stupid, and the cops... The cops were, were great. Stupid. Like the cops were great. Well, they did, but, but the, the the prosecutor Kim yeah. Fox was stupid. Um, well, the thing that Jesse the cops did that was the like, thing that cops did that was stupid is that they released all the information. But go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it pissed me off because, and when we've talked about this before on the Apecast, and I probably have written about it. Um, in an age where hate crimes are really real. He manufactured one as a way to be relevant, and it just I, that took time away from the important thing. And he didn't even like he didn't relent and go. I just wanted to draw attention to things that aren't being like. There's more happening than we know. He just it just pissed me off because how many other people you know how many other hate crimes happened that weren't prosecuted or weren't investigated as well as he needed to be while we were dealing with Jesse Smollett. Well, the thing is, I think Jesse Smollett, and that's why I think it, it had the potential to be a great, like a great American scandal, is what he did was uniquely and specifically American. Totally, yeah. That would, that, yeah. you know, I think Jesse Smollett is a perfect example of what an American can become. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's... And, a motherfucking and, son of a bitch lying prick. Well, that's you know, but but more God importantly, more importantly, America. Jesse Smollett as an American is an example of someone that is taking um, a cultural movement for equity mm-hmm. and 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 equal rights, which is what equity is, and all this kind of stuff, and made it about him and his bid to get ahead in an industry. Yeah, and that's. That's very American. Yeah. You know, it's no different, quite frankly, it's no different than the guy that, uh, when 9-11 happened, started selling little American flags that he stole totally. from Arlington, you know, yeah. and he was selling them, you know, it's like, uh-huh. it's the same thing. I'm going to take this thing that's going on that's tragic and has a potential for good change. I'm going to make it about me and my desire for the fucking buck. Yeah. Which is the most American thing. It's why my favorite building in Chicago is the Tribune building, mm-hmm. where it's the guy that built it. I can't remember what his name is, but the guy that built it built this grand thing. It's grand building, and then put put pieces of shit that he stole. The TV's on. Yeah. The child has turned the television on, but he put you know. But he took pieces of like national monuments from all over the world and stole pieces of them and yeah. stuck them. Stuck them so in I, the facade. I always feel like it's a perfect representative of Chicago and America is this is a, a brilliant, beautiful thing that is also amazingly criminal. And to add on to what makes the Tribune Tower so American, is it's, now going, it's now going condos. It's now going oh, condos. That yeah. is really sad. Fuck. That's ridiculous. actually quite sad. It is. Yeah. That's it nuts. <clears throat> Yeah, All right, of well, course God the kid knows how to turn yeah. on the TV. I mean, he's not... He's American. 
Hi, Harry. An American, an American must be able to turn on the television. Yeah, he comes home from daycare, and the first thing he does is he goes and beelines it for the TV and starts, if he can't find the remote, because we try to put it up. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how, I mean, I, how did he learn to do this? I learned it by watching you. I don't know. I mean. That's exactly how he learned it. But That's apparently exactly we watch too much TV in this house. You know, and uh, yeah, oh yeah, he'll be, he'll learn neuro- neuroticism from you. Well, right now he's learning how to go through his mother's purse. He'll learn, he'll learn, he'll learn passive aggressive from Katie. <laughs> you know, I no. mean, he's going to learn all this stuff. So you guys got to be real careful about what you do around him because he's going to pick up on all of it. I know. That's what babies do. I know. You know? They're like sponges, they say. They, well, that's exactly what they're like. You know, they're like little monkeys. They learn from watch behavior. Yeah. You yes, know? Harry, and, you can put mommy's money back, please. Or hand it to daddy. In fact, yeah, give me all of mommy's money. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. First thing uh, is a watch. Uh, it sort of has something to do with uh, the Jussie Smollett. It's a stand-up special. It's I believe it's on HBO. Uh, Rami Youssef is a, a Muslim comedian. Uh, and I only phrase him as a Muslim comedian because that's part of his... His shtick. His, his shtick. Uh, but not in an annoying way. Um, where it's like the I, the only thing that he is. Yeah, yeah. It's not like um, Hannah, Hannah Gadsby where it's right. like, here's my only bit and I'm just going to milk it for the rest yeah. of my career. Got it. But he starts he starts his, his show off talking about Jesse Smollett. Um, but I caught it the other day and it's really smart. It's really funny. It's it's that new brand of, of stand-up comedy where it is a little Hannah Gadsby where it's you know thoughtful yeah. and slow, but it's not preachy. So sort of like Louis C.K. Louis C.K. That's that's you know he kind of invented that kind of comedy. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, but yeah. Rami Youssef. The the show is called Feelings. The special is called Feelings. Okay. Give it a go. All right, sounds good. My first is a uh, read. It is an article. Um, this is fucked up, and I and I I want almost wanted to talk about a topic, but I think maybe we can save it for a topic later. It's called Superhuman is spying on you. It is by a guy named Mike Davidson. Um, his website is mikeindustries.com. Okay. M-I-K-E industries.com. Um, it is about this new email program that has been created. I'm just going to read you a paragraph. I just, I, I mean, because it's all about the ethics of new tech. It's sort of like the Jurassic Park of new technology of email yeah. it's like okay you, yeah just because we can make dinosaurs that will eat your face off alive maybe we shouldn't do it right all right this was just a paragraph from the from the article good christ carrie i'm gonna read it already i made a dinosaur calm down <laughs> the reason this matters is that what may seem like small decisions early on become the basis for many more decisions down the road these decisions affect your ethical trajectory as a company. Let's use the dark pattern example. Maybe the shopping cart thing was pretty minor and you were able to rationalize it internally on a variety of ways, in a variety of ways, including the fact that the extra item in the user's cart was inexpensive and provided value, like a product warranty, for instance. Down the road, when employees went to employ more dark patterns, here is how the conversation would go. Greg, hey. We aren't getting enough people to opt into our mailing list when they sign up. Can we try maybe unchecking that box by default, but using language such that leaving it unchecked ops people in? Desi, wouldn't we be intentionally deceiving users if we did that? Ah, we already had thanks to your shopping cart that you don't even ask for. True. This seems like less of a big deal than that. I guess I'm like okay with it. And basically, this is an email program that if I send you an email from my superhuman account, yeah, that's what it's called, I can see how many times you opened my email and exactly where you were at when you opened it. Like GPS where I was at? Yep. Yikes. And, and it's like, okay. And so the whole article is... I understand this exists, and I understand why it exists, but should we really... And Because as he says, he even says in the article, I'm not even talking about privacy. We're already seeing the privacy issues that we have to deal with. I'm talking about, should we ethically be making these products that can do these things that we know 
we know are going to be used for for ill. Yeah. And so it's a really good it's a really good article Superhuman is spying on you by Mike Davidson mikeindustries.com. Spying on you. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, my next thing is another watch because apparently we do watch too much television in this house. Uh, it's Watch Chernobyl on HBO. Yeah, I haven't uh, yet. Four part miniseries. Ooh, just I'm gonna fuck, man. It's. Huh. I mean, it's heavy, and it's and it's yeah. like to really. I, I've been watching it while I, I've been doing like you know exercises and stretching and things like that. Um, so I keep having to rewind it because there's like certain like quiet things that I miss that are really key. It's just, oh man. Yeah. Okay. So that's one of the things that Dana Worley wants to watch. So yeah. we have to actually find common time because if I watch it and she doesn't, she won't watch it. And right. that's just, I mean, it's kind of how it works. Yeah. So maybe she'll yeah. watch it, but uh, so we're going to watch it together. So, okay. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really good. And it's, I just, I'm watching it. And I'm thinking, my God, is this, this could be part of the reason that convinced Gorbachev, like, we need to end, end this, this nuclear. Like, we just, nuclear is bad. You yes. know, like, cause shit, well, when shit goes yeah. wrong, it goes so. It goes and really I, I mean, wrong. And this was 1986 when it happened. So yeah. I didn't, you know, I don't remember it as a kid. I was seven oh, years I old. Oh, um, yeah, I do. Yeah, I just graduated. I was in college then, and it was a big deal. It was bad. And there was like, well, just watch it. It's, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to yeah. watch it. My second is a read. And it's something I think everybody should... uh, I really do think... I love Mark Manson. Mm -hmm. MarkManson.com. I love this guy. I love his perspective. He's very smart. He's a great essayist. Uh, It's it's like he writes the way I would like to one day be able to write kind of thing. And he's fucking like 35. Fuck him. But that's... Yeah. But the thing is, I just love him. And uh, his second book... This is his second book. It's called Everything is Fucked. (laughs) <laughs> a book about a book about hope. Fucker. Everything is fucked. A book about hope, and I'm telling you, you gotta read it. You gotta read it. I think anybody that is just like swallowing, swallowing, wallowing in how awful the world is, and how shitty everybody is to each other, and how awful Trump is, and blah 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 blah. Read this book. Yeah, it's a okay. very pragmatic. It's a very pragmatic look at everything is fucked it but but it can get better and it just it, it will and it will get better and mm-hmm. that's what that's what the book is it's very funny too okay yep oh my god this kid bringing bringing your kid to work day is kind of fun yeah I'm, he hasn't I'm not been he hasn't been too disruptive yeah no no he's he's just like background uh joy I mean, he has, at some point, he, he shit himself, so it, it's disruptive over here on this side well, of the Well, I shit myself, too, so it's oh. not like any... I don't need a Look kid at that. for hey, that. Uncle Don shit himself, too. Yeah. You're in good company. High five. Yeah, rock and roll. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, my, my last thing uh, to do this week, it's, uh, it's on time, time.com. It's in Time Magazine. Uh, this week's uh, issue of Time, it's called America Storyteller by Mining the Past novelist Colson Whitehead takes readers into an uneasy present. So what first attracted me to the story was America's Storyteller, which made me go, ugh. And I'm like, oh, Colson Whitehead. Like, I've known of this guy. I've never read his stuff. But I'm reading this story, and I'm like, I need to dive into this guy. Uh, So, so, okay, so my things are read either the story in time or pick up a Colson Whitehead book. Okay. That's what I'm going to try and do. That's good. That's good. And my third thing is a watch. Another one of those things where, you know, it's like I really this week, this last week, really wanted to see Spider-Man Far From Home. I still do. Mm -hmm. I have not seen it yet. Haven't had time yet, yeah. But it, you know, and and I had a couple days off and uh, I want, ultimately I had to choose between going and seeing a movie that I wanted to see with Mike Burson or spending time with Dana, which I, you know, I've been working so much at the casino. It's like I need to spend time with Dana, and she mentioned it's that the theme, she would. It's the theme of our friendship this week. It isn't is it? yes, <laughs> and so I was like, all right. So what movie does she want to see? And I noticed that this movie. Um, did you see Hereditary? No, you didn't with uh, with uh, Tony Collette. No, and Gabriel Byrne. Okay. It's Ari Aster is the director, mm-hmm. writer-director. Fucking 
Hereditary. All I'm gonna all I'm gonna tell you, it is one scary goddamn movie. A lot of people <laughs> hate it. A lot of people hated the ending. But I'm telling you, there's a moment in this movie, and I'm not gonna tell you what it is. This is no spoiler alert because I'm not gonna spoil it. There's a moment in this movie. Dana and I were watching it as streaming, and we're in the living room, and this thing happens, and we both shrieked out loud. And we paused it, and then both of it, both of us had to walk around the house and go, what the fuck, what the <laughs> fuck? This is that movie. So wow. based on our, our our response to Hereditary, he's just come out, it's in theaters now, okay. called Midsummer. Okay. It stars Florence Pugh, Sari Astor. Um, this is a very different take. And all I'm going to say is, there's something about horror done in Sweden around a bunch of Swedish people <laughs> in a cult that's weird because most horror films take place at night. Right. So you can do the jump scare. Yeah. Well, this is this is in midsummer in the fucking Sweden. There is no night. There's no night. It's all sun. <laughs> and so there's something fucking... And I will also say, this is... I mean, if you've got a dark, dark, dark sense of humor... Let's put it this way. By the end of this, I was laughing out loud. But okay. this is, but this is, this is. Most people are not. I don't even know how to recommend this to people. It's so fucking <laughs> weird. It's one of the most fucking weird movies I've ever seen. All right. Um, I will tell you that Ari Aster calls it a breakup movie. I will tell you that unless you know that, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. The gist of it, the the real, the simple gist of it is. Um, Florence Pugh plays a woman. She's in a relationship. The guy's kind of a douchebag, and he wants to break up with her. She doesn't know it, but she gets a sense. So they're kind of at that place where maybe they're going to break up, maybe they're not. Then her sister does something so awful and so horrifying that he can't break up with her. Huh. And then kind of invites her to go along to this this anthropological student trip. They're going to this crazy fucking nine-day festival in the middle of Sweden with a bunch of fucking hippies in a commune. <laughs> and that shit turns sour pretty fucking fast. Yeah. And uh, the only other thing I'll say about this movie that is, is if you've... All I know is there's no question in my mind that Ari Aster has done quite a bit of mushrooms. <laughs> and the reason I'm going to say that is that he films them on mushrooms, because they're on mushrooms quite a bit in this movie. They keep, okay. these Swedes keep pumping them full of drugs. And did you get to see it from their perspective a lot? I am yeah. telling you, it's the closest thing I've ever seen on film that actually looks like what doing mushrooms is. And part of me, at one, it's fucking crazy. And at one point, I looked at Dana in the middle of this movie. I said, I think if I did mushrooms and watched this movie, it would send me over to the fucking, I would be a comatose idiot. Really? Because it, it is so like doing mushrooms. I love this movie. I don't know how to recommend it to people, but I'm going to recommend it anyway. If you go and watch it and you hate my guts for it, I totally understand. But fuck you. This is one crazy piece. <laughs> it's nuts. Right on. And it, and it nails down a bead to the idea that, to me, the scariest movies are movies about fucking white people doing weird shit. Yeah. You know, Lars von Trier, David Lynch, they're all about white people that are fucking weird. Yeah. So, there you go. Cronenberg, David Cronenberg, everybody, you know, David Cronenberg never had, you never see a black person that wants to <laughs> fuck people in their leg stumps. You don't see, no. you know, Latino people go, here's a story about a Latino man who wants to fuck people in their leg stumps. It's only white people that and do you that And do you know shit. why? Do you know why that is? Because we're fucking weird. Because blacks and Latinos are not getting the representation that they deserve in Hollywood. That's why. We need more Latinx There's no, there's people no black people in stumps. the stumps. Nobody, nobody grabbed a black person for the human centipede. They're all fucking white people. Yeah, because white people are fucking wrong. I think that's the problem. I think more black people need to be sewn together and then shit no, into each I other's mouths. I think they're far healthier than the fucked up nature of us, especially the Swedes. Jesus Christ. My dad was racist about one group of people, and that was the Swedes. He hated the Swedes. You watch, you watch Midsummer. I don't know, you'll man. know why. You'll know why. Black centipede lives matter. Oh, God. <laughs> and that's the show. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, and God bless America. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. 
If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>